Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins, off today. Okay, word is, maybe there's a little temperature, a case of the sniffles. Mm-hmm. Other people are wondering, is it some sort of Valentine's Day celebration? Well, he's, he's got a bad case of loving somebody. Uh, I, I, you know, yay. I'm not quite sure. But he'll be back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. He'll have to tell us then. In the meantime, a uh, lot to get to today. A lot of the legacy outlets today led with the tragic shooting at Michigan State University. Yeah, that was a horrible thing to wake up to this morning. A 43-year-old man shot and killed three people, wounded several more. Uh, Four victims required surgery of the injured. Uh, He wound up killing himself. Uh, Some background on the killer as we're learning a little bit more. He was arrested in 2019, charged with a felony for carrying a concealed weapon without a permit. He later pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor for possession of a loaded firearm and spent a year and a half on probation. And his dad is speaking to media now saying, I told him to get rid of the gun because he was supposed to um, uh, surrender or he did surrender one firearm to law enforcement after his arrest and after his pleading guilty to the misdemeanor. Uh, But his dad says that he found bullets in the backyard and was trying to get this guy to give up his gun. The the guy said he had given up the gun and then was caught in a lie. Had a history of mental illness here. Oh, man. But of, but of course, here, you know, we're waking up and something like this happens and it goes all the way back to guns, 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 gun control, all of that. Yep. I'm really not sure how my right to carry a firearm or own a firearm is to blame for this guy who was a crazy person murdering people. But that's where the left goes with it all the time. That's the playbook. Like, yes. look, we need to do something. They say background checks. Well, if he only pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor instead of a felony, then even if you had a, some magic expanded background checks, he would have passed it. Unless he was a felon. And, you know, I've seen some people saying he was or he had a prior felony conviction or something, which in, in which case, no questions asked, you can't buy a gun legally. Right. So I guess we'll wait and see exactly what the truth was with this dude's past. Right. But this is, well, I guess you would call him former Republican. Yeah. Joe Scarborough? Well, yeah, because apparently this happened because law-abiding citizens carry guns. Here's Joe Scarborough on MSNBC. Here we okay. go. Okay. Children can't go to school safely without worrying about being shot. Parents can't send their young babies to school without worrying about being shot. And this continues. And again, listen, there's just okay. no, way, no other way to put it. It's a Republican Party. Okay. It's allowing this to continue to happen in America. Let me say, as you look at those haunted faces, it is the Republican. Hold on a second. Listen, man, any one of these shootings is awful. We all know that. You're acting like it happens all the time. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. And I'm not, again, I don't want to undersell the tragedy of lost life. But as far as, you know, parents can't trust sending their kids to school. Uh, for a lot of parents right now, them getting shot is not their biggest worry. It's being indoctrinated. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, and that's you and your ilk, Joe. Okay, there are plenty of things being done to keep kids safe. And unfortunately, sometimes something crazy happens. I mean, you look at Uvalde. Oh, my goodness, man. There there were so many red flags there. That should never have happened. I mean, you could go through all these different cases. Yeah. But these guys, it, it's the same thing every time. It is the Republican Party. Okay. It is the Republican Party that allows this gun culture to spread. We have yep. mass shootings every single day. And all Time they out. say is there's nothing Go ahead, we David. Can... Yeah, what, what, what he's talking about, and, and you might have seen this, a lot of media outlets are putting out there, there have been 67 or whatever mass shootings in the United States every day, or, or every day, or I'm sorry, in total up to this point in 2023. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that is based on extremely manipulated uh, uh, data where you're talking about anytime someone who is uh, anytime there's a single event where four or more people are shot, this counts as a mass shooting. Okay. Yes. And a lot of those instances that that occurs, what are we talking about? You're talking about somebody who never should have had a gun under current law. Correct. You're talking about gang shootings. You're talking about inner city shootings. You're not whoa, talking about. Whoa. Hold on a second. Why aren't those covered in national media? Oh, they're not because, honestly, a lot of national media types, for as race-obsessed as they are, they're straight-up racist. They don't give a crap about black people on the south side of Chicago. They don't care about That's weird because all these mass shootings that you speak of, many, only include black people, but you don't talk about those. No. You could argue that's racist. It is racist. They don't care about black people dying in the inner city. They They don't care. Nope. Especially because there is no law that you can pass right now that would stop that in terms of gun control, right? You can't. It, it, you can pass all the whatever universal background checks. You can you can make it as restrictive as you want, which the city of Chicago has done, mm-hmm. and yet somehow still have all these shootings and murders. Crazy, huh? It's because the it's criminals don't follow the laws. And in this case, you have a situation where. Again, we got to wait for all the information to come out, but this this guy had a gun conviction on his record. Right. And so then the question is, okay, what do you do about somebody like that? Well, first of all, if it was supposed to be a felony, but it got pleaded down, why? Right. Why is it why did it get lowered? Why? And then, you know, he he was initially supposed to be on 1 year of probation. Mhm. And then it got extended to a year and a half. And I don't know why. We'll wait for more info. What was the rest of this Joker Scarborough saying? And all yeah. they say is there's nothing we can do about it. Now, NRA, give us more money. <laughs> this guy is so out of it, he doesn't realize that the NRA is hemorrhaging members and a lot of people don't care about the NRA anymore. That's just a talking point. Yeah. Joe, why don't you ever say something about, you know what, we need to get the illegal guns off the street in the big cities. Mm-hmm. And so an automatic three to five years if you're caught with an illegal gun. He won't ever say it because he doesn't care about those people. Okay, moving on. we got to talk about what's going on in Ohio with all the chemicals going on throughout the air. This is crazy, man. Yeah, there's this train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. And there are, again, there's all these chemicals that were spilled and in some cases intentionally uh, and then intentionally detonated. You've got plumes of this black smoke going all, all over the place. You've got people uh, reporting dead fish in streams, and yet 
supposedly it's okay for people in that town to go back home, which is odd. It's really odd. There was a whole piece written about this in the prospect that I was looking at. And it talked about how confused the citizens around that area have been over the last week or so. There's a guy that they quoted in the story named Ben Ratner of uh, East Palestine. Uh, said the moments right after the freight train derailed that he and his family had arrived home from his daughter's basketball game. And you, you know, hear the sirens, everything else. And they're not sure what's going on. But he looked outside, saw flames. He said, I wasn't sure. Um about our family and friends that live over there. He stepped outside, and he walked toward the smoke and the flames, but he was stopped there by firefighters. And so they just went home. They thought, okay, well, we'll figure out more what's going on tomorrow. So they were going to shelter in place. And then the evacuation was on. Like, okay, we're going to have to, you know, get out of here. And so what they ended up doing... As far as local officials, they were just put this document on people's doors. I don't know if you heard about that or mm-hmm. not. Um, but it told residents not to worry about the air quality or the drinking water. And compared inhaling you know, these chemicals in the air to breathing smoke from a wood fire. And under the, is my drinking water safe, the document said, it's improbable that substances from the derailment will impact the groundwater or drinking water wells in the area. Okay, and then you fast forward as this story goes on. Okay. Um, He said, well, first of all, uh, our kids have had headaches now for a few days. Um, Itching, flailing skin Uh, going on. Um, One person saying that uh, her dad had his breath been short all day long. And they don't know, you know, is it okay to actually breathe anywhere near there or not. There were people like five miles from there talking about all of you know these different symptoms that they have physically. I mean, it's crazy. And they were saying, you know, they had this press conference, and after a few questions, it was, it was over, and we didn't know what was going on. And everybody started saying, are we supposed to go back home? Yeah. Is there anything else to this? So there's just a whole lot of confusion. Meanwhile, the transportation secretary, as far as this train derailment, did you hear... Pothole Pete Buttigieg say much about this? Uh, no, he didn't say anything about it. He made a couple jokes about Chinese spy balloons. Right. And he said it's never been a more exciting time to be in transportation. It's like, bro, I'm not expecting Pete Buttigieg to show up and stop a train from being derailed. I understand that the transportation secretary isn't you know, a dictator or anything like that. But, man, you would think that that is in your portfolio. Is it not the rail system? Yes. Are you not there? Are you not, I don't know, maybe cancel the stupid whatever Council of Counties thing that he was at yesterday. Maybe cancel that. Maybe go figure out what's happening. You're you're this hardworking Midwest guy, right? Supposed to be. Why are you not worried about what's happening there? But as you've probably heard this, he was worried about too many white people in construction. We've yeah. heard way too many stories from generations past of infrastructure where you got a, a neighborhood, often a neighborhood of color, that finally sees the project come to them, but everyone in the hard hats on that project looking like, uh, uh, you know, doing, doing the good-paying jobs don't look like they came from anywhere near the neighborhood. Right. You can build community wealth that will help close wealth ga- gaps in this country if we can tear down those barriers. But that happens at the delivery level. Okay. Yeah. So in the last 24 hours since he said that, yeah. 
enough criticism. Now he's tweeting out, we're still concerned mm-hmm. about the derailment. Still concerned? You hadn't said anything about it. Mm-hmm. And all these people that are so concerned about the environment, where are they? I don't the know. Dead fish all over the place? Well, there's one lady, her chickens died. Yeah. Media well, talked to her about it. It was wild. My chickens were perfectly fine. And as soon as they started the burn, my chickens slowed down and they died. I'm going to be taking my birds to the vet to have them examined. Because if it can do this to chickens in one night, imagine what it's going to do to us in 20 years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the fear. Golly, man. I know. Other stuff out there. Well, I think most of the controversy from the Super Bowl has sort of died down. It usually does, mm-hmm. does the day after the Super Bowl. And now you're talking about, well, how'd the sports books do? <laughs> Some people are wondering, how, how did everybody do with all the betting? I guess this was a record as far as people betting on the game. And a lot of people were betting Philadelphia to win. So a lot of the casinos did well there. But because it was so high scoring, a lot of people did pick the over. Yeah. And that's where a lot of that money went back out of the casinos. Yeah. They still came out on top. They usually do. Yeah. But because of the high scoring, it wasn't a total huge payday for the yeah. sports books. I got a colleague who is betting on the under, and he said he oh. turned off the game after the first quarter. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, sometimes politicians say stupid things. Sometimes they say really stupid things. You're going to love this. Straight ahead right here. Camp and Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins out today. More on that in a second. Have some intelligence of what might be going on. He's fine, by the way. But more on that in a second. All right. Who said <laughs> that they were quoting a car wash manager to defend Joe Biden? Who did this? Well, now so. Uh, so now, to make up for letting a Chinese spy balloon fly across the country, Joe Biden is shooting down everything that moves. Flocks of Canadian geese are dropping like flies now. <laughs> Our own weather balloons, yeah. allegedly. <laughs> Which is weird because the talking point is still out there that he couldn't have shot down the Chinese spy balloon because it might have landed on someone. Well, Senator Dick Durbin defended Biden yesterday by quoting a dude who runs a car wash he goes to. What? we got to stop and reflect on the manager of my local car wash in Springfield, Illinois. Oh. And he said, Senator, what's going on up there? I said, I don't know. I think China's responsible for it. And he says, what are they trying to tell us? And I said, whatever it is, we better answer them and answer them decisively. And then he said to me, but what about those cowboys in Congress who want to shoot it down wherever it is? A timeout. Yeah. This never happened. <laughs> I don't believe it for a second. No, of course not. You think Dick Durbin is going to a, a car wash, taking his own car to a car wash? In Springfield, Illinois? No. And then chatting it up with the manager? Please. No. And I'm trying to imagine anyone at a car wash ever that would say, what about those cowboys in Congress? Yeah, Yeah, those guys talk like that. Give me a freaking break. Are they thinking about what's going to happen if the debris from that, whatever it is, falls on a city, hospital, school playground? They don't want to do that, do they, Senator? Well, I hope they don't. 
the notion that we shoot this down over. So the car wash guy now is like the emoji with the glassy eyes yeah. that's looking down. <laughs> they don't want to do that. No, do they? <laughs> Senator, <laughs> give me a break, dude. Come on. Well, I hope they don't. The notion that we would shoot this down over Louisville, Kentucky, or Springfield, Illinois, or Chicago, that's not responsible. Right. Just letting a train derail with all these toxic chemicals and just burning it up. Right. That's fine. Well, and then allegedly shooting down three more right. devices that are in the air. So apparently playgrounds in Alaska are are totally within bounds. Like Biden says, ah, screw yes. those kids. Exactly. That makes no sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. It's almost like there wasn't actually a big threat of it landing on anyone. That's what we were told early on, especially Alaska, Montana, but they wanted to change the narrative. Saw this on a lighter note, that one of the happiest jobs out there is a firefighter, and that has surprised a whole lot of people. I didn't think it was that surprising. Anybody that I've known that's a firefighter, I mean, it could be a very dangerous job. Mm -hmm. It can also be very fulfilling, and it also depends the area you're in. Some people see a lot more action than others. Yeah. Um, the salary's not great, but it's pretty rewarding for a lot of people. Well, and, and the firefighters thing, that, that's one job description where, you know, generally the public overwhelmingly supports you. You know, it's yes. certainly not as controversial as, like, police departments have become because of the radical left or anything like that. I mean, no one's out there going, defund the fire department. Right. That's true. But the happiest job, according to this survey, a physical therapist. The average salary is about ninety grand. It requires a doctorate and a state license, but they think people are so satisfied with it because not only does it pay decent, but you're around people that you're helping them improve their health. Yeah, I and that's see very that. satisfying. Yeah. So yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Now, as far as Robin's being off today, it, he had been battling a cold. I think he said he spiked the temperature. You were wondering if this had to do with Valentine's oh, Day. I mean, it is Valentine's Day. Yeah. I think somebody set up like a special microphone in his place. If we could catch anything that's oh, yeah. going on there, I don't know if I. Uh. I say, welcome home to the love that got away. <laughs> oh, he's just singing love songs by himself today. That's what it is. <laughs> Interesting. Wow, that's wild. All right, news update straight ahead, right here. Right. The Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp. Well, the millennial. The sexy boomer. He's off today. Well, case of the sniffles, maybe a little temperature. Should be back tomorrow. You know, I see this headline from Fox. We're in trouble with teen girls. Dr. Mark Siegel analyzes the CDC's shocking teen mental health report. Yeah, it's so I'd heard sad. a little bit about this, and then you dig in. Like, oh, my goodness. This recent report from the CDC revealed that teen girls are battling record levels of violence, sadness, and suicide risk. You know, everybody thought, well, once the kids get back to school after this pandemic, things will get back to normal. It really has not yet. 
and who knows when we will, what's the new normal. The findings also revealed sexual violence among teen girls has increased 20% between 2017 through 2021. Hopelessness increased from 36% to 57%. Just one of the worst places you could find yourself. Yeah. And Siegel, the doctor, said, yeah, this is shocking. Two out of three girls are now hopeless or saddened to the point of that. 20% considering suicide. Sexual violence up 60% over the last few years. And what they're talking about is because of the isolation the pandemic caused, that the dependence on social media, of course, went up and it stayed there. And there is a whole lot of pressure on social media. Sometimes it's stuff that you're imagining, you're trying, especially uh, as a lot of young girls do, compare themselves to other people. You know, to something you could never measure up to, because a lot of times the images you're seeing are not even real. It's photoshopped, it's airbrushed, whatever it is. Um, But then just the amount of, well, I think it is just meanness from other people. And it has record levels of depression with young girls. And when I see that sort of story, I'm always thinking to myself, shouldn't that be a bigger story talked about more, especially with legacy media? Yeah. I you know, with the the amount of moms that will get news specifically from a Today Show or a Good Morning America, that's where that stuff, at least to me, really should be highlighted. Yeah. So people understand, like, how big a deal this is. Well, and also sending out the warning about what social media can do and how it can contribute. And look, one of the reasons why I don't think you're going to see a ton of town halls, I I think this story has gotten some mention in legacy media, but you're not going to see the kind of hyper-focus on it uh, moving forward, is because they don't want to peel back the layers of that onion. People in national media don't because they realize that they're part of the problem. And what I mean by that is when you look at what happens on social media and you look at what norms are being... Uh, uh, foisted upon a younger generation. A lot of that is psychologically damaging. And, I mean, you. I, there was a story, I, I was surprised it was uh, actually run in BuzzFeed maybe a year and a half ago okay. about this rising crisis of young girls being in sexually abusive relationships. I don't mean like under 10, I mean, you know, teenage high school girls being in sexually abusive relationships. And one of the reasons is because of either pornographic or semi-pornographic uh, uh, content they consume on social media that normalizes oh my gosh. violent sexual behavior. And they tend to take more risks because they think it's normal to do that. Um, and so that, that was one thing that BuzzFeed had reported even a year and a half ago. I thought it was fascinating. They got shredded for it. Well, this is this you're you're talking down sexual liberation is what a lot of these lefties said, and it's like, oh no, these my are girls. Gosh. These are girls actually telling their stories. They had people. They had young girls giving interviews about what was happening uh, in their lives. That there was this pressure to live up to whatever porn star their boyfriend oh, had been watching online and then that this was normal okay it's normal to go all the way on the first date and things like that and it may not be a majority of girls but it's enough that you are seeing it reflected 
in the data that we have available to us that more and more girls are being victimized by this because they're being taught that it's normal. Good golly, man. And at the same time, man, I've also seen the studies that are talking about young men and what uh, porn does to their brain over a period of time. I mean, and you have really no idea of a real relationship by the time you're 23, 24 years old of what it should even look like. But in this whole CDC report about the teen girls, they said a lot of times what you're talking about, how to combat it, is just connectivity with parents being more involved and just a lot more communication. And you can, if you picture that, if you have kids, you're like, oh my gosh, that's going to be like pulling teeth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. But I mean, you're going to have to insert yourself at some level. I mean, not to mention everything else they're trying to teach a lot of kids in school that you're trying to fight against that. Yeah. It does feel like we're in an age right now where the schools are not working alongside parents, they're working against parents. Oh, yeah. And what parents would like to teach them, it's, it's a bad situation. So, yeah, that that's something we all got to pay attention to. We're failing kids, man. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that can go wrong with a country, but when you're failing your kids on so many different levels, that that's awful. Okay, that time. We do it every day. Always looking around. The different stories out there, and this might not be the biggest story, but it got your attention. David, what is your story today? I got I gotta be honest, this one is a little bit personal. I might be personally or personal stereoing this, but I think it does transcend because a lot of people are living in towns where this is a reality. Okay. So the city where I live, San Antonio, Texas, they've made this big deal about infrastructure improvements in underserved areas for equity. Right? They even have something called an equity atlas which is where here are the areas that need more roads and bridges and things like that. Uh, A lot of other cities, Portland is one of them that has this. Uh, Austin, Texas has this. Um, So instead of actually seeing where there are potholes and fixing it, they they always have to break it down by racial communities, right? Now, meanwhile, there's a corner store I go to on occasion. And coming into work, you know, get a cup of coffee, get a soda, something like that. And it's in kind of a rough part of town. It might be in one of the areas uh, pining for infrastructure equity or something like that. Now, the little old lady who's an immigrant who runs the store has started locking the door every single day. Uh, So if you go in there, you got to knock on the door and she'll come get you. Uh, And the reason for that is because there have been too many smash and grab robberies. She's been assaulted. Um, some people walk in with the mask on and they just start stealing all this stuff. They run out real quick. So in order to save her business, she's locking the door so that at least the security camera can get a good look at whoever is outside. Yeah, it's, this has been a few months back that she did that, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's so sad. You talking about it, yeah. Um, anyway, she doesn't even call the cops anymore because the cops are spread so thin they take forever to get to her. So in that neighborhood, though, Right outside this lady's front door, a road was repaved for equity, and they added a bike lane for equity. So she's still getting robbed every other week, but at least there's equity outside. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> how about Priorities, st- man. How about start with cracking down on this stuff and beg police officers to come back? And this is true yes. with a lot of progressive cities. You have officers who are good men and women who don't want to deal with it anymore because, I mean, in San Antonio a couple of years ago, they had a defund the police ballot measure. I'm sure. That just barely got defeated. 
And so a lot of up-and-coming officers are saying, well, I can go work in another town and make yep. just about the same amount of money and not have to deal with this crap. Beg those people to come back, man. <laughs> it's so maddening. It, cut it out with the stupid bike lanes and beg police officers to come back and, and do the job that you have failed to do. Absolutely. Dude, when you got to the part of the story where you said, and she just stopped calling the police because yeah. it takes so long, that's when you're like, you got to be kidding. Oh, yeah. Where are we? Yeah, there was one time a, a few months ago where I called the cops and I got put on hold. <laughs> I, mean, I remember. I remember. It's not funny. No, it has to take a twisted sense of humor like we have to even laugh at that. Hey, you got an emergency? Yeah, can you hang on a second. Right, and that's not to Happens insult. All the time. That's not to insult the good men and women. No, of any police department who are sticking through all this stuff, they're just overwhelmed. Man. Well, my story today is about former MSNBC host Crystal Ball. Remember Crystal Ball? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, on the left, you know. Oh, definitely, yeah. She's a Bernie bro. Yeah. Um, I didn't see this. Apparently, she was on Joe Rogan's podcast, and I didn't hear it. I'm reading about it. I'm like, holy smokes, really? She was talking about how MSNBC made her get approval before she would be able to do any commentary on Hillary Clinton. It's like, uh, you're going to have to let us know exactly what you're going to say about her before uh, you go ahead and put it out there. So, you know, just to give us a heads up. I right? just love solving problems. Of course. Yes. Um, she said that when she hosted The Cycle, which was a show on MSNBC in 2014. I don't even remember that. But she did a monologue criticizing Hillary Clinton as a person who, quote, sold out to Wall Street and said the public will, quote, hate this lady. Saying, you know, she really shouldn't run. Don't run, Hillary. So after the show, her bosses at MSNBC told her, great monologue, everything's fine, but next time you do any commentary on Hillary Clinton, it has to get approved by the president of the network. Golly. That tells you a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, well, in fairness, when it comes to Hillary Clinton, you can either swing from her pantsuit or swing from a bunk bed. All right? (laughs) 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 Even she thought that was pretty good. So, yes, I mean, a lot of times the bosses control what goes on the airwaves. And you might even have a journalist saying, you know what, I'm going to take a shot here. Are they even allowed? Yeah. Sometimes is the question. Um, Something we're learning today, it's racist to enforce a dress code. That story and much more straight ahead right here. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp. Scott Robbins out today. Should be back tomorrow. Okay. Um, it's racist to enforce a dress code. Where does this come from? Yeah, this uh, is in the Tennessee House of Representatives. Newly elected state representative in Tennessee says it's racist to enforce a dress code at the Capitol. Uh, Justin J. Pearson is the guy's name. He showed up to the House chamber wearing a dashiki, a loose-fitting shirt that's supposedly a traditional West African garment. Now, this guy's from Memphis. He's not from any country in Western Africa, but he's decided to wear this because he's a young activist. Got it. Okay. 
Okay, uh, you get extra cred for that. I guess so. So okay. someone told him to put on a tie and jacket because apparently that's the rules there. Uh, okay. And this is how he responded on Twitter. Quote, we literally just got on the state house floor and already a white supremacist has attacked my wearing of my dashiki. <laughs> <laughs> well, how's that a... Okay, honestly, and I, I know some may find this to be culturally insensitive, but if you don't know what that symbolizes or what that you're somehow going back to your roots or something like that, it does kind of look like, and I've seen the photo, kind of looks like he's wearing a pajama top. Okay. I know they're going to say, okay, but that's what, that, okay, a lot you're of people. You're painting a picture of what it looks like. <laughs> that's, that's, that is what it looks like. And someone said, hey, put on a suit and tie. That's required for men. But apparently that makes you a white supremacist. And he did an interview with WKRN that this is about white people trying to control black and other disadvantaged communities' uh, bodies. Okay. Wearing uh, my African attire, particularly during Black History Month, it is paying homage to those who have paved the way for me to be here. Whether that be folks who are wearing drag or people who are uh, have different. What? He's bringing drag into it. Oh yeah, because this is about controlling bodies. <laughs> it's a dress code, dude. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Or people who are. Uh, have different uh, uh, abilities or people who want to read certain books. There's the control and taking power over people's agency is a theme of this body. Where does that end? Is that just for the state house or is that a grocery shores? No shirt, no shoes, no dice. Okay. Well, because of, you know, my ancestors uh, who happen to be pygmies, okay, uh, they went uh, without clothes, so the lady here is going to go in topless. And you can't say nothing or you're a white supremacist. Yeah, I'm in a loincloth, like right now, just letting you know. Yes. Well, you learned that Ted Nugent guitar solo mm -hmm. when you were 10 years old. Exactly. And decided to pattern yourself I'm after the Motor City Madman. And with one cloth, live in concert. I'm a, I'm a Nugent American. Yes. Okay. And back off. I wonder what, honestly, this dude thinks of when Nancy Pelosi and all the, yeah. <laughs> those people got dressed up in the African garb. In the kente cloth, yeah. Yes. Now, was that cultural appropriation? What was that all about? I don't know. That pandering nonsense. I don't know, because that was after George Floyd got killed. And, yes. And George Floyd wasn't wearing kente cloth. So I, I don't understand. No. <laughs> no, it was the most embarrassing thing you had seen since yeah. Jerry Maguire was yelling, I love black people! <laughs> well, then it was topped by Nancy Pelosi literally thanking George Floyd for dying. For dying. <laughs> yes, thank you for dying and your sacrifice. He didn't want to die, Nance! <laughs> Unbelievable. Did see this stat for Valentine's Day. How many people do you think expect their Valentine to spend... Zero dollars and zero cents on them. Uh, 10%. It's actually 26. It's one in four. A little more than one in four. That, I call that love, to be honest. Yeah. It doesn't need to be a holiday. No. You spend money on this. I spend money on her every day. So there you go. 35% say they expect their Valentine to spend under $50. And I mean, when you're talking about this isn't just specifically gifts. Okay, um, there's a lot that can go into it when you're talking about dinner and everything else. You know, 
20% of people said that buying a Valentine's Day gift is worth going into credit card debt for. No. And far more dudes were likely to agree with that. <laughs> the look on your face. Well, I mean, what, are you, what are you buying for Valentine's Day that you're going to go into debt for, right? It's like you got a birthday, you got Christmas, you got other what your anniversary. Like those, I would still not advise to go into credit card debt for, but at least I can wrap my head around this. I mean, Valentine's Day, as we celebrate it, is not, not the same level as an anniversary, a birthday, or Christmas. It reeks of trying to buy one's love, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Man, I wish Robbins were here for this part of the conversation. He's at home. He's doing all right. Is he really singing songs around the house today? I say, welcome home to the love that got away. <laughs> I, guess, I guess he is, yes. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins, out today, should be back tomorrow. Okay, so China is upset that we're shooting things down. Yeah, the uh, Chinese Ministry of Foreign Affairs spokesman Wang Wenbin uh, didn't confirm that the three objects taken out over the weekend were from China, but, uh, of course, they have acknowledged that the balloon that was shot down off the coast of South Carolina was theirs. It was just a weather balloon, right? But the three other objects that were shot down, they're saying, well, we're not confirming or denying that that, is, uh, that was our technology that was shot down over the weekend. Um, and what uh, Wang said was, quote, we do need to point out, however, that the United States downing of the unmanned airship with advanced missiles is a trigger-happy overreaction. Many in the U.S. have been asking, what good can such costly action possibly bring to the U.S. and its taxpayers? You are not our friends. Right. We sort of act like that because there's so much money that goes back and forth. There's so much trade. It's quite complex. But you don't just get to spy whenever you want and then say it's irresponsible for you to shoot it down. We're the United States. We're the leader. It's almost like part of the nation has changed the way we think of ourselves because of the current leadership. Yeah. Where it should be, no, we're the United States. You just don't fly a spy balloon through the entire country. No. Absolutely not. No. And I. <laughs> and I, you're bent about it? Who cares? It, it would be nicer uh, it, to, to have a national conversation around how are we going to tick off China now? Because I, I, I understand that you, there's this, uh, the, the knee jerk reaction is to always try to be the adults in the room, but you're not dealing with rational actors here. Or at no. least you're not dealing with actors that really care. I'll say that. They may be, in their own minds, they're perfectly rational. But, you know, you're, not, you're, you're, you're dealing with a kid who is throwing punches at Golden Corral, and you're saying, well, we don't want to upset him more. No. Right. No, you got you to gotta check him a little bit, okay? It's like people forget. You understand this country 
harvest body parts from people. Yeah, China. Yeah. Okay? It's not like, well, they're just our friends as far as when it you know, comes to trade and comes to economic development. No, man. It's the Communist Party of China. And it does feel like all of a sudden we forget that. And it astounds me that more people are not interested in the current president and any business dealings that his family has had with the Communist Party of China. Yeah. Well, for all the talk about Russia, Russia, Russia and Trump, you would think that there would at least be a passing interest in the obvious financial connections to the Biden family with Chinese business and government leaders. Yes. And when Biden gets out there to talk about it, and he says, well, I've talked to him. You've talked to Xi Jinping? Well, no, not about this, but our people have, and I've talked to him before. And he knows we're not interested in conflict. Okay, that's all fine until you get punched in the nose. The conflict just came to you. Then you have to do something about it. it it's maddening. Yeah. Gordon Chang, who is an expert on China, been interviewed several times. It used to be not just Fox. He used to be interviewed on MSNBC. Mm-hmm. I don't think that happens so much anymore. Well, no. Why? Uh, NBC Universal has way too much, uh, well, money tied up with China. Mm, interesting. Can't have too many uh, dissident voices there. But he was on Tucker Carlson show last night and brought up something interesting that you don't hear talked about a whole lot as far as what are all these other things flying around that we've been shooting down? Is it all China? Yeah. Is that what we're looking at? I think that, uh, first of all, the three objects shut down, shot down Friday, Saturday, Sunday, probably from China or from Russia. Cool. Remember, the objects shot down on Friday and Saturday approached the United States from the north. And so that means Russia. It could be the Russians doing it. It could be the Chinese using Russian soil. But we also got to remember that we're coming on the eve of the one-year anniversary of Russia's attack on Ukraine. All right, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that before, David? That thought? I, I no. I to me, it just doesn't make a lot of sense because they're pretty tied up with Ukraine right now. But maybe, I mean, maybe this is just sort of a joint exercise almost between Russia and China to just try to see what our defense capabilities really are. That's what I wonder. Because to me, doesn't it seem like okay? <laughs> I'm acting like I really know this stuff when I don't. I'm just thinking like your common man. If you're Russia, if the United States is not involved in Ukraine, it's an easy fight for you, right? Without the United States, Ukraine doesn't stand a chance. So you're trying to take the United States out if you're Russia, right? Somehow, some way, you want to deter the United States. So that part, I understand where China and Russia have somewhat become allies in that. That that would make sense. Mm Mm-hmm. But I'd never heard anyone talk about, well, some of this stuff could be from Russia. It's interesting. And maybe the Chinese are trying to divert us from perhaps what the Russians are going to do. I don't know. But the thing, Tucker, is the Biden administration needs to talk to us. Justin Trudeau, the Canadian prime minister, talked to the Canadian people about shooting down the object on Saturday. You'd think Biden would want to talk to the American people about the three objects that were shot down over American territorial airspace. And all I can think when I hear that is, well, <laughs> Biden's not really running things. He's just sort of the puppet. Yeah. And they really don't want to put him out there because he could screw it up. Yeah. Whatever the talking points are. Mm-hmm. So they just let John Kirby go out there and sub for Kareem Jean-Pierre and have him go with his McGurkin instead of 
you know, taking the chance on Biden going off script. Yeah, you don't want that. So is that the same way you think about it? That's the reason he hasn't gone out in front of the American well, people and talked about this? Well, yeah, I, I think that is that seems to make the most amount of sense. I mean, you have your military brass going out there talking about it this morning and then yesterday. I mean, they, apparently we missed on the first shot. Um, yeah. And the one over Lake Huron. That's Yes. Hmm, that's interesting. And again, I... I'm sitting here like, well, I would have taken that thing down in a heartbeat. <laughs> well, no, I'm not saying that. I understand that piloting a fighter jet is a complex thing, yes. and shooting something down is a complex thing. It just seems a little disheartening if this thing was a weather balloon that we couldn't hit it on the first try. But Yes. Well, but anyway. I don't think you're alone. And part of that is, too, psychologically, it's the United States we're used to. You know, yeah, of course. Or people could take that out easily. Yeah. You know, it's not like hitting this target that's moving in these sort of patterns we've never seen before. It's just yeah. hanging in space. Yeah. So when we miss, it's like, what happened? <laughs> You're not quite sure. But more on that a little bit later. Meanwhile, you have some troubling audio here. Dude, this, I, I'll tell you, man, this one just about had me taking a sledgehammer to the computer. Wow. Reading this. Okay. Uh, Sesame Street is featured on the federal government's Head Start website for young kids. Um, And there's a helpful training video available to show you how to force preschoolers with autism to wear a face mask. Still, in the year of our Lord 2023, we're talking about masking preschoolers with autism, with delayed speech. They don't uh, do any good. Now, I want to give a hat tip to social worker uh, Justin Spiro for raising the alarm about this. So this is a training video for teachers and daycare workers dealing with kids age 2 to 6. And you've got a grown-up Muppet on a Zoom call with Julia. This is a character they introduced a while back who has autism. Okay. Um, and she doesn't want to wear the mask. And the dude talks about practicing wearing a cloth mask, which is useless. Right. Uh, anyway, but th- she's got a stuffed animal named Fluffster next to her who's also wearing a mask. And they actually simulate a panic attack from this young girl. And it just, it pisses me off, man, that, that we're trying to still do this to little kids, especially little kids with some sort of developmental uh, roadblock. All right. Let's roll this. Let's hear it. Oh, oh, honey, do, do you want to take your mask off? Oh, look, why don't we practice wearing it for just a little bit first, okay? Uh, Fluffster? Oh, my God. Oh, of course. Fluffster and I will both practice with you. Here. Just wear it while I count to five, okay, honey? Fluffster, you ready? Okay, here we go. One, two, three, four. Okay, dude, I'm with you. You get incensed listening to that. Yeah. What are they trying to do? Five. Five. Yay! Yay is right. You did oh my great, gosh. sweetheart. You wore your mask for five whole seconds. And you know, it just gets easier every time you wear it. <laughs> and hey, now you're ready to go to the park. Park! 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 Dude. Going to the park wearing a mask? Are you insane? Dude, I just saw the story today at Fox. Face masks made little to no difference in preventing spread of covid Scientific review finds. Yeah. And and again, especially, listen, man, we've put kids through enough, little kids through enough. Oh, my goodness. Three years. Um, 
stop it with this. I mean, I mean, any school district, and they're putting this out there because there are school districts who are still requiring it. There are still places where you are required <laughs> to mask up toddlers. And any establishment that's doing that, to me, we got to have some sort of, I don't know if it's a truth and reconciliation council kind of thing or just straight up making sure they're never involved in the education of children again, we need accountability for this because it is unacceptable, especially kids with special needs. This no is not doubt, okay. Man. Again, I wonder if you polled the American people right now if they know the effectiveness of the mass. Mm-hmm. There's got to be people still duped. It has to be. This scientific review was led by 12 researchers from esteemed universities around the world published by the Cochrane Library. And it was the findings of 78 randomized controlled trials to determine whether physical interventions with the face masks lessen the spread of these viruses. Little to no good. We know this, and they're still doing it. That is, that's like child abuse, dude. Yeah. Not like, it is, man. It is, you're right, it is. Okay. Nikki Haley's running for president. Yeah, yeah. Former South Carolina governor and U.N. ambassador Nikki Haley running for president. She put out her uh, video this morning. I don't know how much of the audio you want to go through. I mean, to me, I got nothing against Nikki Haley. No. Um, If she were to be the nominee, I would gladly vote for her. Yeah. But uh, she's not going to win a primary. I'm with you. I wonder if she knows that. Some people think it's a play for vice president. But you can hear part of what she said. Railroad tracks divided the town by race. I was the proud daughter of Indian immigrants. Not black, not white. I was different. But my mom would always say your job is not to focus on the differences, but the similarities. And my parents reminded me and my siblings every day how blessed we were to live in America. It's a nice story. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, it, it felt kind of boilerplate. And one thing that I remembered, though, is that as of now, or as of March, I will be eligible to run for president for the first time in my life. Are you going to announce it? I'm just, uh, well, we got to wait. Wait until March 13th. Maybe there will be a big announcement on the way, okay? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. I wonder if there were no Trump or DeSantis and Nikki Haley announces, it would be a much bigger deal. I think so, yeah. Okay. Well, there's a lot more to get to. Bernie Sanders shocked that kids don't benefit from school closures. What? That and much more coming up right here. All right, the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Bernie Sanders is in the news. Yeah, well, Bernie Sanders spoke at a teachers' union event. I of course like, he did. I feel like the uh, the shine is off of Bernie Sanders a little bit. Like, even some of the people who were all in on Bernie for the last two presidential campaigns, it seems to be dwindling at this point. Even the last time around... I mean, you called it early on, man. It, it was kind of like, okay, enough Democrats are not even interested in hearing what he's selling now, so he's cashing in. I mean, he's what <laughs> selling tickets through Ticketmaster while at the same time. <laughs> I think when people started to 
figure out how much money he was making, how many properties yeah. he owns, all of that stuff. That, that does not make any sense. Yeah, it does. You're a fraud. Uh, but he was shocked that kids are suffering from being out of school. Really? Explain that, Burn. And then I talked to kids about the isolation they experienced in COVID, the disruption for the first time in modern history of this country. We all went to school. So in kindergarten, you go to school. These kids' lives have been disrupted. They didn't get the education that they needed. They didn't see their friends. They didn't play ball. They didn't do theater. Okay. And on top of that, they're sitting worrying about whether the planet is going to be here for them when they are older yep. because of climate change. Yeah, and what? They got all of these things on their minds. Most of that stuff is because, because of liberals, because of people like you, Bernie. I mean, listen, because you scared the crap out of them. There were there were plenty of Republicans who uh, uh, I think were a little bit shamed into uh, keeping schools closed, mm-hmm. things like that. But I mean, there were more Democrats who kept that thing going for a long time. And then as far as the climate change thing is, well, quit telling kids that the world is going to end in 10 years because it's not going to end in 10 years because of climate change. No. I mean, actually, listen to the experts you always quote right. to what they actually say. Now, that's absolute nonsense as far as, well, this is big on the list of worries for kids right now. And you're at the teachers union mm-hmm. get together. I wonder how much money he made for that. <laughs> Or is that just all part of the donation? You give me this amount, I'll go speak at your thing. That sort of... Listen, either way, socialism is not free. What a fraud, man. Yeah, he is a fraud. You know, and for someone that's all about the environment, where are all all the environmentalists in Ohio right now Mm -hmm. with the air polluted like it is? Because people don't know what's going on. You got animals dropping dead all over the place. Uh, it's fine to breathe the air, though. Water should be fine. Drink up. Yeah. What'd you say? 71% of people in this place voted for Trump. Yeah, you'll be fine. Right. No problem. It's all good. Saw this for Valentine's Day. Uh, roughly 30% of Americans say they're single. I mean, not just married, no boyfriend, girlfriend, yeah. anything like that. Okay. Including 63% of young men between the ages of 18 and 29. Golly. We're and a lot trouble, of those man. don't want to be single. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, is that sad? Yeah, forty-two percent admit I'm looking for some kind of romance. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's staggering, isn't it? Man. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, biggest story of the day today, David. What would you say? Um, there are a few out there, of course. Uh, still keeping an eye on any updates from Michigan State University. The tragedy there that happened last night, where a gunman murdered three people um, and injured several more. Uh, we've got the train derailment in Ohio to keep an eye on, uh, and of course the Chinese spy balloons. What's going on? What did we actually shoot out of the sky? Because no one seems to be able to answer that straight. No. No one's telling us anything. Meanwhile, the State Department (laughs) doesn't want people in the United States to know what's really going on. They only want one form of news to flourish. The receipts on that and much more coming up right here. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show.
Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer. Scott Robbins off today, listening to love songs all day long. Come on, man. <laughs> We're just kidding, man. It's a lot of air supply. <laughs> yeah, we were playing a clip of him singing some old love song earlier and there was another clip that came up and i just thought it was funny i said we weren't friends actually <laughs> <laughs> take it out of context more on uh, that we'll have a little fun with robin's being gone a little bit later uh this is interesting man this is a wild story about this left-wing group uh censoring Conservative outlets. Yeah, you have you have the feeling this happens, but then someone's caught. Yeah, this group called the Global Disinformation Index. Golly, does that not sound <laughs> nefarious as hell? Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've created an advertiser blacklist targeting sites that were supposedly harmful, specifically in the news business. Uh, so this this group flags news outlets as risky for advertisers, basically saying, "Hey, don't put your money in here because we're not sure." about the uh, content that is being pushed out by these sites. Now, this company is based in the U.K., which does not have a First Amendment. You've seen people getting charged with crimes for something that they wrote on Twitter. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's where the left would love to take America if they yep. could. But right now they can't. Uh, but they do have an office here in San Antonio. Uh, and it turns out... They're targeting conservative news outlets, but recommending liberal ones, even BuzzFeed, which BuzzFeed is the one that published in full the P-tape dossier a few years ago. Right. And at the time when people, uh, I guess it was before everybody got the memo that we had to be all in on the Trump-Russia collusion lie, even Chuck Todd on NBC News confronted the editor-in-chief of BuzzFeed saying, you published fake news. Anyway, they did. Yeah. Well, it turns out, uh, yeah, again, they're targeting uh, targeting conservative outlets uh, and the State Department paid them to do it. The Washington Examiner was the first one to report it. A reporter named Gabe Kaminsky was the one who broke the story and explained it to the Daily Wire. Okay. Global Disinformation Index has publicly said that the 10 riskiest outlets are, quote, the American Spectator, Newsmax, The Federalist, The American Conservative. One American News, The Blaze, The Daily Wire, Real Clear Politics, Reason, and The New York Post. New York Post, Daily Wire, um, Real Clear Politics. Yeah. When you go to Real Clear Politics, you see articles featured with both opinions, uh, yeah, right and do. left. Yeah, you do. But because some of those opinions might be right, well, you can't trust it. Mm-hmm. Dude. I mean, this is exactly what you'd suspect. And we actually spoke on the condition of anonymity with a member of the Global Disinformation Index's board, which has oversight over who gets added to that exclusion list. That individual had said it would be likely that all outlets on that risky list would also be on the blacklist and therefore losing out of critical ad dollars. So you just dry them up financially, put them out of business. Exactly. Okay, if you think of everything, Russian disinformation, COVID, vaccines, everything that's happened, say, in the last five years, and you put the Washington Post, say, against, what, Daily Wire, one of the others they mentioned, who would come out on top with telling the truth? Oh, I, I, it's not the Washington Post. 
It's and it's not even close. No, yeah, I mean, it's like everything that is being run in the Washington Post today. For example, there was a story about uh, uh, school closures, and they're talking about how damaging it is. And you you keep seeing this uh, pop up in dribs and drabs. Every single argument that they're talking about for the pandemic and school closures is something that conservative outlets and commentators warned about literally years ago. And (laughs) they're just now coming around to it. Wow. So many different stories, too. I mean, you think about the riots in Kenosha. Oh, yeah. How wrong legacy media was. I mean, and a number of different times within the same story. Yeah. Peddling fake news. And yet they're the ones crying, well, you got to watch these other guys for misinformation. It wasn't us, it was them. No, look at the track record. You know, I was just thinking about this the other day in a conversation I was having in private life, and, or in, 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 in private, but it was about the Russian disinformation, about, about the Russian collusion disinformation that was peddled by this media uh, in America, and how many people were sure Robert Mueller was going to find the smoking gun, and we yep. were going to get rid of Donald Trump, and all of this stuff, even though it really never made any sense. And I kind of laughed to myself, because all these people who talk about how they are the great defenders of democracy because democracy <laughs> dies in darkness. <laughs> right. You know who was right about Russian collusion? Who? Their boogeyman, the late, great Rush Limbaugh. True. Rush Limbaugh ran journalistic circles around all of these serious journalists during that the Trump-Russia so collusion thing. Yep. You're absolutely right. Have any of them gone on to acknowledge that oh no but you know deep down there they know and because they have spent their lives hating that guy um they know in the middle of the night they wake up and realize that they are frauds you know what is more troubling even than that is that our state department is paying a left-wing group to help with this yeah it's our dollars right. spent to make sure that people don't know what's really going on. Yeah, well, because you think about it, your average person who's uh, responsible for ad sales and ad placement and things like that, mm-hmm. they're they're just looking to make money for whatever company they're representing, right? They're sure. not they're not going to sit there and really uh, look into all of the details. They just want to see, oh, okay, well, there's this group called the Global Disinformation Index, and hey, they got some funding from the U.S. State Department, so they must be on the up and up, right? Oh, okay. I, I guess this list is legit, um, and this is how government or governments can censor opposition or opposing viewpoints. That's terrifying. All this stuff's got to stop, man, in a number of different ways. All right, switching gears. Um, some students should not be suspended because of racial justice. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I guess there shouldn't be surprised. Where is this? Let me guess. California. Uh, Yeah. The California Senate is considering a bill that would ban schools from suspending disruptive or, quote unquote, defiant students. And they say because this disproportionately affects black males. So yet again, we see another example of liberals just wanting to make things look good on an Excel spreadsheet and not actually get to the (laughs) root causes of what may be going on in schools. Um. Anyway, the bill would prevent students in K-12 through 12 
from being suspended for disrupting school activities or otherwise willfully defying the valid authority of supervisors, teachers, administrators, school officials, or other school personnel engaged in the performance of their duties. Uh, Also, by the way, this is about uh, protecting the LGBTQ, LMNOP, Alpha, Omega, 1, 2, whatever uh, uh, crowd, because apparently... Uh, non-heterosexual students are more likely to be suspended for behavior deemed to be a willfully defiant offense, even when harmless. But they try to put it all in together. Yeah, they do. Even these two groups are completely different. Yes, they are. But you got to get it all in the same bag if you're on the left. Mm -hmm. Because everyone's victimized. Yes. And forget the rest of those kids in class that just want to get an education. You have to deal with the distractions and the fights and everything else and just try to get through the day unscathed. Good luck to you because of, quote, equity. Well, and that's the thing, man. If you look at schools, if you ever know anybody who's worked in a a school that has behavioral problems, Mm -hmm. and if it is in a predominantly black neighborhood, just as an example, it's the same for lower income or you know disruptive students in in majority white schools too but you've really got maybe 10 students total yes who are really making the trouble yes and the rest of those kids are harmed by that distraction and so with something like this what you're doing is enabling the disruption of education for the people you say you're helping right i mean it's so simple that's exactly what's happening and, you know, honestly, if it's an all-white district and you got a couple of those kids, you know what happens? They boot them. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to worry about someone saying, racist! <laughs> because everyone knows it's obvious. you got to get those kids out of the classroom. Yeah, you you hope that they can be reformed. And then, you know, if it's grade school, then maybe by middle school or later on in high school, they can come back. But for a while, they can't be in the classroom because it's not fair to any of the other kids. It's crazy. To see this, um, this was a story yesterday because of the ads that ran during the Super Bowl, the Christian ads, he gets us, the campaign, trying to get people just to know the person of Jesus. Not so much one specific religion, but that campaign's been around for a little while now. And it drew fire from people on the left Mm -hmm. that they actually ran it during the Super Bowl. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was one of those that took issue with you know, the whole campaign. And I think her whole thing was what? I don't think Jesus would have spent that kind of money on an ad. AOC now speaking for Jesus, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, something tells me Jesus would not spend millions of dollars on Super Bowl ads to make fascism look benign. Yeah, what, what, what fascism? What are you talking about? I saw Joy Reid on MSNBC went, I mean, off the deep end saying, like, well, this is a group that was uh, all in on getting Roe v. Wade overturned. Oh, and, and some of their past donors have included the guy who started Hobby Lobby. Okay. Yeah, they're Christian. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, okay, and? and what's your point? But this is the thing. Satan's consorts hate hearing the truth. Oh, buddy. So they lash out. Especially the name Jesus. Holy smokes. Now, the people that are in charge of the campaign... Um, it was what's the spokesperson's name? Jason uh, Vanderground said our research shows that many people's only exposure to Jesus is through Christians who reflect him imperfectly. Yes, that is absolutely mm-hmm. true. 
and too often in ways that create a distorted or incomplete picture of his radical compassion and love for others. So we think it's more important now than ever for the real authentic Jesus to be represented in the public marketplace as he is in the Bible. That's the reason for the campaign. And yeah, as you said, Joy Reid, AOC, others have a huge issue with that. And all they're trying to do is just point to the person of Jesus. Yeah. That's it. Who was it? Uh, Sawyer Hackett from the Progressive Change Campaign Committee. With the money the he gets us people spent on their right-wing Jesus ads. Right-wing? How is it right-wing? It showed people fight with one another. People of all colors, like, (laughs) at each other's throats. What are you talking about? Yeah, I don't know. They could permanently house 1,563 people experiencing homelessness. Yeah, and a lot of people who support that organization also give to people like, or organizations like the Union Gospel Mission. Yes, they do. Which does have a remarkable track record of getting people off the streets. Yes. What have you done lately? That is a great question. And I wonder how much has the Progressive Change Campaign Committee done for that? Yeah. I'm guessing they don't want to answer that question. No, they just make it easier for homeless people to shoot up heroin in public. Because they think it's loving. Yeah. Instead of trying to help them get off the drugs. Doesn't make any sense. Okay. We got to get to another news update. And, okay, a story that will restore your faith in humanity. Straight ahead, right here. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins out today, should be back tomorrow. Just saw an update at Daily Wire. UFO debris may never be found, officials say. Did we even shoot anything down? <laughs> well, as the story goes, um, military says that uh, one UFO over Alaska on Friday, another over Canada on Saturday, a third over Lake Huron on Sunday. Um, there would be retrieval operations so we could better understand these objects. But they've been warning, man, the wild terrain and winter weather might complicate the process. Yeah. So we just may never get that back. And remember, one of the reasons they were telling us that they let the first balloon float all the way across the United States to off the coast of South Carolina was, well, we could recover all that stuff. Yeah. Well, that may be gonzo, too. Because once it's 45 feet deep in the ocean, and yeah. it keeps getting carried out, it's hard to keep track of all of it. But yeah. that's not what they said from the start. No, that they, they actually tried to convince Americans that it would be easier to retrieve debris from the Atlantic Ocean than it would yes. be to retrieve debris from Montana. Yes. Okay. All right. And then it was the straw man argument that they were trying to make, well, the... These cowboys on the right just wanted to shoot it down somewhere in the middle of America. Schools could be at risk. Yeah. Whoever said that? No one I've ever heard. You can't. You can't. They were talking it. about Montana in a remote area. Yeah, I mean, I've I've driven across this country, in that region. Yes. There's a lot of open space. 
Yes. I mean, yeah, you got to pick your target right, but there's a lot of open space that you can hit. So that's what we know on that. Did you have an update on something else? Yeah, it might take us a little while to flesh this one out, but it is about the tragedy that happened at Michigan State University. You've got this 43-year-old nut job who went onto the campus and, and murdered three people and shot, what, five others? Mm-hmm. And so the hot takes are out. Uh, Representative Ranjeev Puri, a high-ranking Democrat in the Michigan House of Representatives, uh, wrote, uh, here's part of his statement, it just says, bleep your thoughts and prayers. We need more gun control. Okay, the guy was arrested for carrying a pistol without a permit in 2019. For some reason, and I haven't heard an explanation for this, prosecutors dismissed the felony charge that he was initially charged with, and he pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor. Uh, Also, the cops were called back to his house before the attack because his dad was worried about him because he knew he wasn't supposed to have a gun. How many times are we going to hear this? Okay, more on that later. I did have a story that I thought might make you feel good. This is a freshman basketball equipment manager with Down syndrome out of South Carolina. It's one of those scenes surprised by his coach and team. He put him in the game. This is his mom talking about the reaction. Seeing him go in and the look on his face when they called him into the game because he didn't know it was going to happen was just, uh, I, I can't even describe it. And he did score a bucket. All right. Here's the coach. He's very deserving of it. And he took it with stride. He went in there, he pumped up the crowd, and he made a basket. Love it. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins out today. He should be back tomorrow. More on that a little bit later. He's fine, by the way. Um, Saw this. This was at, yeah, Daily Wire. Talking about a first responder who assisted the community in Ohio where that train derailment was. He's talking about colleagues and residents experiencing health issues. Because you had all these toxic chemicals going into the air, and then there was the controlled burn, whatever they called it. But they're talking about, you know, with all of this vinyl chloride being in the air, contaminating the water supply and everything else, you've got people experiencing not just headaches or bad cough, but sore throat, diarrhea, sometimes lasting for days. And they're being encouraged to get a full physical, have blood work done by their doctors, in case any exposure could lead to lifelong ailments. Feels like an underreported story. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's so sad to watch this unfold, you know, because you you heard about it. I mean, what was it, uh, almost two weeks ago when this happened initially? Yeah. And you thought, okay, I I guess they have it under control, and then all of a sudden, you know, you have locals coming out and saying, we were told we'd go back. And now we've got chickens dying and pets dying and dead fish in the streams and i mean and not to mention the the health issues that other people are reporting and i just think that vinyl chloride that's the thing that's the base material for pvc pipe right 
Yep. Now, I there was a project that I was engaged in uh, a couple of years ago that involved not using an actual PVC cutter, uh, but using a saw uh, to get through PVC pipe. To do that, they recommended wearing a respirator. <laughs> wow. Because of the little particles that fly up in the air. And that's in its that's in a hardened manufactured form even, but you don't want to be breathing in those those particles that are that are created with the violence of a saw. And so I can only imagine what this base material is putting out in the air, and it is kind of shocking that we're hearing over and over again, oh yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's okay. You, you, no, no threat to the groundwater, no threat to anything. Like, well, people on the ground there say they still smell it. Yeah. That's rather concerning. So keeping an eye on that. Meanwhile, talk about an underreported story. This is about teen girls in the United States, yeah. really around the world, but specifically in the United States. Yeah, a report published by the CDC found that nearly three in five of girls, uh, 57% or so of uh, girls uh, reported feeling persistently sad or hopeless in 2021. That's up 36 percent in 20 uh, compared to uh, 2011. Um, that's this is a big crisis that's been unfolding, and it's particularly acute in young girls. And it's not a surprise to a lot of us. No, it's it's heartbreaking, but it's not a surprise it's because you you know with the pandemic, you had people who didn't follow the science and ripped away every sense of normalcy that young kids could have. And, you know, again, as we've talked about before, you know, I I can see when this really started going off in the United States, the coronavirus, Mm -hmm. I could understand, you know, we're going to take a couple weeks off of school to figure out where we're at, who's at the most risk, all of that. And I can even extend grace to the people who just canceled the rest of that semester. I understand that. But I think a lot, a lot of us were in this state of you really don't understand what's going on. Yeah. You've never seen anything like this before, and you weren't quite sure what you were dealing with. But then as we got more and more yeah. facts and understanding how COVID was affecting the elderly as opposed to younger people, then you had a clearer picture. Yeah. And then I remember it was July of 2020, and we talked about it on this show. Um, NPR had run a story based on... Uh, the kids of frontline healthcare workers who were being, uh, you know, they had to go somewhere, so they were being housed at like YMCA for day camp, things like that, while their kid, while their parents were at work. Now these are kids who would be in a very high risk population in terms of getting the virus, not not getting seriously ill from it, but getting the coronavirus. Sure. And they made it work at the YMCA. Right. And at the time, NPR was saying, hey, this is, there is a way forward. And, of course, NPR, like everybody else, decided, oh, wait, we got the talking points from liberal activists that we're not supposed to say this anymore. So then they turned on the actual data that showed that there weren't large outbreaks of kids at these daycare facilities. And, <laughs> and so we were talking about it going, well, yeah, in the fall, you can go back to school. Absolutely, yeah. you can go back to school. Yeah, but then you had the teachers' unions getting involved, and no, well, I don't know. We might still get. We need to protect the kids. It was never. Well, you had Rochelle Walensky from the CDC talking about yes, we can do this, and then it was a one hundred and eighty. Yeah. Well, not so fast. Yeah. So yeah, it it is so frustrating now to see, and we're only scratching the surface of the societal damage that was done to an entire generation of children. Um, There needs to be accountability for this, man. It's. 
I don't know what the accountability looks like. I mean, certainly it is uh, in uh, supporting any legislation that removes public education stranglehold on on kids right now. So, and several states are doing that with school choice. Need to figure out a way to provide parents with an opportunity to make sure their kids don't get screwed over by idiot politicians. Agreed. And I think it, now it's not just the pandemic stuff. Now it's the so, the social contagion of the LGBTQ yeah. stuff because that affects girls much more than it does the boys. Now, yeah, and it affects both, but it's a higher percentage of girls. This was a weird stat that was included in there, and I haven't heard much explanation for why. I have a couple of theories, but I haven't heard the explanation for why exactly. But they said LGBTQ students uh, and students who had any same-sex partners were more likely to seriously consider attempting suicide. Feelings of sadness and hopelessness. Yeah. When all of a sudden someone identifies a certain way. Yeah. And, you know, the way that sort of rolls out is a kid is being told, well, if you just identify your, quote, true self, Mm -hmm. then you'll feel fulfilled and happy. And so they go out on that limb and realize, well, I don't feel fulfilled and happy. And then you feel hopeless. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're going through a lot of what teens go through, but you're having all these other factors make it so much worse. Yeah. And and this thing, to pin it down a little bit more, is one of the reasons why I get so frustrated with adding so many different letters onto this alphabet suit. Yeah. Because are you talking about lesbian and gay kids, or are you talking about people who have been caught up in the trans thing? There's a huge difference. Yes, and anymore, and you you know hear different people that come from, quote, the community will say, Holy smokes, I've heard different lesbians talk about this, saying if I were a kid now, they would try to convince me to take puberty blockers that you're really a boy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Brutal. Okay, the Washington Post, in a somewhat related story, is actually wondering who's responsible for kids being behind in school. Is that a joke? They have an update on the state of public education. They wrote a piece claiming that thanks to COVID, Half of kids fell below grade level in at least one subject, but that's not what happened. It was the relentless campaign by teachers unions and anti-Trump media and Democrats that kept schools closed in certain areas for so long. It wasn't because of COVID. It was because nobody was willing to follow the actual science. Correct. Uh, Now, I thought this was interesting. You know, Comfortably Smug on Twitter? Yes. Uh, Yeah, he also hosts the Relentless podcast. Uh, Mm -hmm. He had a nice Twitter thread on this, all from what the Washington Post has said before. Like one headline, Trump doesn't seem to understand that opening schools would make a bad situation worse. Uh, Another writer said opening schools would cause more needless illness and death. Washington Post wondering again, what happened to schools? The zeal with which President Trump, a batch of Republican governors, right-wing media, and Trumpist followers demand that children go back to school amid a pandemic surge should shock one's conscience. Trump is willing to sacrifice your kid. (laughs) More schools should stay closed and stay closed through winter. The Washington Post also published, Stop Justifying School Reopening. Now the Washington Post, here we are a couple years later. What what happened? Why are so many kids behind in school? I don't know who did this. Hmm. You know, an apology would be nice. Yeah. From a lot of these outlets that publish all this crap. 
I don't think we're going to get it, but you would like to see it. Okay, see if you can come within 10%. That's the game, especially without Robbins here. On this Valentine's Day, percentage of Americans that say it's too commercialized. What do you think it is, David? Uh, 85%. It is 61%. Ah. I would have been wrong, too. I would have said it was higher. And as far as Robbins, I don't think there's anything to the rumor that he was just staying home today to sing love songs to himself all day. Although we did get this piece of audio. I say, welcome home to the love that got away. In in fairness, it is fake news that he's singing love songs to himself. He's singing them to his cats. Oh. Let me hear that again. I say, welcome (laughs) home to the love that got away. And I think the cats did it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. News update. Straight ahead right here. Right, the Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins out. He should be back tomorrow. News update: David Van Camp. All right, so we're uh, waiting to hear more details of this shooting at uh, Michigan State University, where a 43-year-old man, they still don't know the uh, motive here, uh, walked onto a couple different parts of campus and started shooting and killed three people, wounding uh, at least five others. Um, and apparently he had been charged with a felony related to having a firearm uh, back in 2019, but he pleaded guilty to a, a lower misdemeanor charge uh, and then was on probation for a year and a half. But so presumably he would have been able to buy a firearm again legally since, he didn't get, since the felony charge didn't stick. Still wondering why they downgraded it from a felony. Yeah, we haven't been told um, yet. At that point. I know there had been some legal wrangling as to whether or not the police officer who found the gun on him uh, was within his legal rights to do so. So maybe that's what happened. Maybe the prosecutors were just looking for an easy conviction. That happens all the time. So, I, again, I don't know. Um, but at any rate, uh, we're sorting this out. Uh, the New York Times, though, has found itself in some hot water because while they were uh, they wrote, ran an article that was called The Mass Shooting uh, Places Michigan State Back in an Uncomfortable National Spotlight. How they r- reported it was the shooting at Michigan State University on Monday upended the lives of thousands of students. It also put the school back in the na- national spotlight years after a sex abuse scandal involving a prominent sports medicine doctor on its faculty became public. What does Larry Nasser have to do with this? a great question i was waiting for some sort of tie-in when you started going down that road i'm like what does this have to do with anything was it the shooter did he do it you know out of some sort of vengeance because of what happened years ago because if not what does that have to do with anything uh it it doesn't have anything to do with anything okay but you had heard somewhere and i hadn't seen this yet but tell me if i'm wrong that someone said the guy's dad had called the cops and said he was worried about his kid yeah, uh, the guy's okay. dad, because he, uh, according to the dad, the kid wasn't, or the kid, he's 43. His son was not um, uh, supposed to have a firearm. And again, legally, I don't, I don't really know if there was any legal prohibition on that, but um, the dad was worried about 
him having uh, a gun, and apparently the gunman had lied about whether or not he actually had a gun. So, again, I I don't I don't know. We're we're still kind of sorting through all of the details of this. Right. Meanwhile, I just saw this. Uh, Dutch fighter jets intercept three Russian military aircraft near Poland. Now oh, there you go. Tensions very high between the NATO countries and Russia. Yep. That's always on the back burner. Wondering yeah. what's going to happen next there. Yeah, it is. Okay. And I don't know if you saw this update out of Canada. Um, Canada talks about being a sanctuary for people until, well, yeah. the mayor of New York starts sending... <laughs> Immigrants there, and they're like, hold on a second. We don't have the room. I didn't realize this was happening, but the mayor of New York City has been sending them to the border with Canada, dropping them off, and then saying, well, there you go. You can cross right there. Yeah. There's a particular section of the border where like 99.9% of illegal crossings into Canada happen. And apparently the mayor of New York City has been sending them there. And yeah, the government in Quebec has been saying, no, 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 no. We can't. We can't start accepting all these migrants. This is uh, uh, too taxing on our human services. Yes. Yeah, the spokesperson for Quebec Premier Francois Legault said any form of assistance to migrants crossing the border where it is strictly forbidden to do so should stop immediately. (laughs) We understand that the situation of migrants in New York poses major challenges, but the situation in Quebec and particularly in Montreal is even worse and constitutes an important humanitarian issue. Get them out. Well, you know, maybe, maybe that uh, that nasty orange man was onto something here. Hmm. That doesn't seem very loving. <laughs> right. From Justin Trudeau, be welcoming them with open arms. Of I mean, course, that's what we always hear. I mean, Justin Trudeau was always talking about how bad Donald Trump was. We are a nation of immigrants. And we believe in the right to uh, uh, claim asylum, says the Prime Minister, uh, Fidel Castro Jr. <laughs> but apparently when the rubber meets the road, though. <laughs> yeah. So you know what kind of numbers they've talked about on our southern border. Yeah. Okay. So in this story, as many as 250 migrants use the Roxham Road crossing to illegally enter Canada each day, with nearly all of them settling in Montreal... Quebec's biggest city. Situation has overwhelmed Montreal's ability to provide housing and other public services. Two hundred and fifty a day. Wow, that 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 sounds that sounds difficult. Mm. Says well, the flood of new students alone is the equivalent of opening thirteen new schools. Oh man, we can't do it. Boy, boy, that's a real shame. You know, it's good. I mean, it's just a shame that they're not flush with the kind of cash that Del Rio, Texas, has. I was going to say Del Rio, El Paso is yeah. like, yeah, welcome to the party. <laughs> How do you like that? Yeah, 250 a day. This is a crisis, eh? <laughs> Please. Canada has remarkably generous immigration policies, but that's just, uh, you know, all predicated upon uh, immigrants being rigorously vetted. Yeah. Well, that's unloving according to our standards, oh, right? Can't have that. You know. Huh? You just let them in. Goodness gracious! This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. All right, biggest story of the day, David. Yeah, there's a few out there. An update from uh, that uh, train derailment in Ohio, and a couple of other trail de- uh, train derailments that have happened, like one in South Carolina. Did you see that? 
I saw a report not, not to the on, extent of Ohio. No, but I saw a report on how many derailments there have been across the country that we just don't hear about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I, Mayor Pete's going after equity. Yes, and racist roads and bridges and racist construction workers because apparently uh, in his world, black people love new roads, but only if they're built by other black people. That's right. I don't understand how that works, but that's what Mayor Pete says. Yes, he got his talking points. Oh, you know what else? The highest paid entertainer or entertainers of 2022. I think a lot of people would be surprised by this. All coming up right here. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, off. Not just because it's Valentine's Day. I think it's a case of the sniffles. Sad for a few days. Yeah. Well, temperature. I think you'd be fine. Should be back tomorrow. Um, the Robin's trifecta, of course, not here today, but I do have something in its place. It's okay. Short. Come oh, I can't wait. A bit. Uh, you have a news update. Yeah, David. Joe Biden is speaking right now, and. Uh, well, he's talking about uh, oil and gas companies and how they're they're the reason why gas prices are so high. Going back to the well on this one, although he's found a new trick here. Uh, it, I'll just let him explain it. Corporate okay. America. You had the oil companies. You know how much they made in profit this year? $200 billion in the middle of an energy crisis. Because they bought back their stock and they're not investing and refineries repairing them or maintaining them. Now they're saying, and that's a legitimate argument they make, they say, Biden, you want to go all, uh, you, you want to go green, and in 10 years you won't need this. Well, guess what? We're going to need oil for a long time, and gas for a long time. It's not going to go all go away. But look at all the refineries that are closed, because they're not investing in the nature of the business they're involved in, is one example. Yeah, you want to know why they're not investing in these refineries, especially on the West Coast, is because between federal regulations and then state regulations, which in the case of California, those regulations are explicitly designed to stop the construction of oil refineries. Um, they're not doing it anymore because it's it, it, they're not going to get a return on their investment. Like what? Of course, you're going to shut it down. You just said it. Right. He just said, well, they got a legitimate argument there that I want to put them out of business in 10 years. But, hey, you still have to invest in it. <laughs> That's not the way it works. People understand that. And this whole thing about going all electric within 10 years. Dude, have you heard one person that you trust, an expert in these fields, that says that's possible? Oh, no. It, it isn't possible. The, the materials don't exist. And even if you do, you get then a whole other set of problems that are terrible for the environment. Yeah. I mean, if you want to start talking about hydrogen, that's one thing. But all electric vehicles, that's not the future. A lot of the manufacturers already know that. Mm -hmm. But, of course, this dude... It's always the blame on something else. It's not what we can do. It's, well, right. it's their fault that we have this issue right now. Then he just has the media to run cover for him. You know, this 
Okay. This will sound like a tangent. Uh, real quick, man. I read this piece last week talking about how our basic systems are starting to crumble. And it was in The Federalist. And one of the things that it brings up, as far as politics goes, that a lot of us have this feeling, man, if we could just get our party in control, then everything would be okay. <laughs> right? Yeah. And it points out that the erosion of our civil society is coming from forces more powerful than just Democrats, Republicans. And when it wrote, the reality is that decades of American industries being sold abroad for the financial class with the blessings of the political class have wreaked havoc on the United States. And you compound the joblessness with the hopelessness and drug addiction and fatherless, fatherlessness and abuse that follow in the wake. You see that far beyond the fundamentals of the American economy, having been hollowed out, is the very social fabric of the United States, and it's going south. Mm -hmm. And I thought, man, if you were to put one guy as the face of all of that through the years, Biden would be the guy. Well, he's, yeah, he's been there through a lot of it. Yes, but always under this facade that he's the working guy, looking right. out for the common person. What a bunch of BS that yeah. is. While his family gets rich. They could go more into that piece a little bit later on um, or some other time. But it is. There have been so many things. And you've got, you know, a, a lot of people are just going to make money. Yep. I mean, in any sort of industry, everyone is going to get theirs. And it was a long time ago that people started putting themselves ahead of country. But now, as far as I'm concerned, D.C. is full of those people. Oh. Yeah, it is always about, okay, how can I sell the next book? How can I get the new speaking gig or the next uh, cable news job or whatever, or major investments? I mean, I think this tells you everything you need to know about how politics works right now at the national level. No problem passing a trillion-dollar-plus omnibus spending bill yep. at the end of last year. Uh, well, except the, the one real sticking point was the whole portion that would ban private stock trading. Uh, among members of Congress. That was the one thing that had to get taken out. That tells you everything you need to know. It's a great point. It's like, yeah, we'll spend all of your money, and the thing is, there's a lot of people who are only interested in themselves and their own rise to power, their own access to more and more and more money, yep. and that's it. And to me, it's like, there's a lot of Republicans who fit into that as well. Absolutely. And... You know, I, I just, I would like at the national level to see us really focusing on getting the bums out. But that's never going to happen. I don't, I'm afraid it's never going to happen. I'm always hopeful that it will happen. Because I think enough people are waking up to what's happened in so many different industries and just what's happening to the entire country. Um, well, they're a good start. There's somebody that's not going to run again. But this is because, from what I understand, this person can't run again because they have dementia. And I'm not even talking about Biden. No. that Yeah, Dianne Feinstein, uh, California senator. She's been there for a long, long time. Uh, she has announced today that she is not seeking re-election. Which, I mean, you you got a whole lot of people in the Democratic Party who decided to start announcing that they were challenging her anyway. And I think she saw... The writing on the wall i think everybody knew okay you can't do this anymore so someone had the, the conversation with grandma 
and said, we're taking the keys away from you. Well, you saw that one story, and I think your memory on this is better than mine. I just remember the takeaway was, I'm no fan of hers, but it was almost sad. Well, it is. It she is couldn't sad. get through sentences. Yeah, she couldn't remember who people were. She didn't. I mean, she just looked lost. Although, again, I, the thing that bugs me is, is similar to the thing that bugs me so much about the current situation with John Fetterman, the senator out of Pennsylvania. you got a lot of people willing to talk about these folks behind their back, but not yep. willing to say it to the American public. Not, not really willing to attach a name and a face to who is making what allegation and who is saying what about this person. And it's just the ugly side of politics. I mean, it's gossip stuff. Because, look, especially in the United States Senate, those are very, very prized seats, and they are very, very powerful positions. And if you have someone like Dianne Feinstein, who is casting votes and making decisions, but can't remember who handed her a cup of coffee... That's a problem. Yep. She has access to classified information. She has access to all sorts of information about this country, and she has influence in this country. you got to put a name to it. If you are going to make these allegations, if you are going to talk about yeah. mental slippage, or in the case of John Fetterman, the fact that the guy can't process speech at all. What's going to happen there? It's, it's like you, you've got to have the open push that we can't have people... Uh, who are not capable of making sound decisions in positions of power. You can't do it. But they'll say, ableist, ageist, all this other stuff. Oh, give me a break. It's common sense. Totally switching gears. Story that I just happened to see. And I'm not familiar with this person because I don't follow soccer. But apparently this goalkeeper um, in Belgium, Arnie Espiel, he's 25, did you hear about this? Mm-mm. Died right on the field. Wow. After saving a penalty kick. As the story goes, he played for Winkle Sport B. That's in the second uh, division in Belgium. Again, I'm not too hip on the soccer stuff. But saved a penalty kick, but collapsed to the ground afterward. Dang. Despite medical staff treating him with a defibrillator, he was pronounced dead at a local hospital. Holy smokes. The team manager said this is a disaster and a shock to everyone. And he had been with the club all his life and was very loved. He was a wonderful, sympathetic guy, always in a good mood and willing to help. This is a heavy blow for all of his family and our entire club. Wow. Of course, you know what people are thinking. When oh, you yeah. see that. Did it have anything to do with the COVID vaccine? Yes. And it honestly, and this is a story from Fox, it doesn't say anything about that. Mm-hmm. Except for there is an autopsy scheduled. Wow. By the way, speaking of collapsing on the field, DeMar Hamlin, did you see the the whole controversy with the jacket he wore? I saw a headline on on it, but I didn't click it. What's going on with that? The way I understood it was some people thought it was sacrilegious because it was a depiction of Christ, but done in cartoon form. And from everything we've heard about Hamlin, he's pretty religious dude. Yeah. So I don't think he meant offense, but some people found the images offensive. And so, and it was some sort of Kanye jacket to throw in extra sort of controversy. <laughs> oh, but I don't, I don't think that's what he meant was to somehow 
dishonor Jesus Christ. That's who I saw. Yeah, Adrian Peterson said it was uh, disrespectful and uh, blasphemous is what they said. Honestly, I, I couldn't even make it out. When I tried to see the picture of the jacket, I can't make out exactly what it even looks like. It yeah, just looks like a big cartoon figure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't see a good I'm looking it up now. I don't really see a good picture of, of what the jacket actually would have looked like. Yeah, just yeah. like this bright blue jacket. Yeah, I didn't think anything of it at the time. Mm. But anyway, I mentioned earlier, with Robin's not here, um, so we didn't have the trifecta. I was trying to find something today, and because there are different outtakes of things, one day he was just singing, because he'll sing around the studio oh, sometimes. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's going to be mad at me or not for bringing this out today. I don't think so, because it doesn't sound terrible. I think it was a song by Firefall back in the day. I say, welcome home to the love that got away. So, of course, we were saying he was singing to his cats all day. That's what he's doing on this Valentine's Day, even though that's fake news. Um, and I come across uh, a few other things that I thought, you know, out of context might be funny. I'm going to be the whacker if that's the case. Oh, there you go. One of the classics. Um, My girlfriend couldn't make it over Valentine's Day. Oh, golly, man. Remember the one woman that freaked out when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died? Oh, yeah. And said, could this year get any worse? And yeah. then Scott <laughs> imitated it. Could this year get any worse? <laughs> <laughs> I will never hear that and not laugh. It just cracks me up. Um, the other one I thought you might get a kick out of. It's just him saying that we weren't friends after all because mm-hmm. he was frustrated by something. I said we weren't friends, actually. If you want to play that part of the tape, but you probably don't have that available right now because it doesn't turn me into the horse's ass that I sound like. <laughs> <laughs> if nothing else, we have a lot of fun around here. There's no doubt about that. Okay. Got to get to another news update. And Nimrod's in the news. Straight ahead right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins out today. Should be back tomorrow. News update, David Van Camp. Well, I don't, I, you know, you can tell me if I'm being ticky-tack with this stuff. It always bothers me. So the White House press briefing is getting underway. Kareem Jean-Pierre, diversity hire, make a wish, whatever you want to call her, <laughs> is getting ready to speak and uh, b- walked in and handed out Valentine's Day cookies to the press. You know, these bare-knuckle boxers of truth. <laughs> Valentine's Day! I don't think you're being ticky-tack. The reason I say that is you have to read the room, okay? You know how they're polling already with mm. the American people. There are a lot of different things going on people don't understand. You have people going, what... What is in the sky? What is going on? What is up with the train derailment in Ohio? And we don't know anything about it. And you got animals just dropping dead. There's another uh, shooting that people are wondering about. Okay. And you got people on the left saying, we got to have gun control. And they're screaming about that. 
There's Ukraine. I mean, there's a million things going on. Yeah. And this person who is known for doing a terrible job. I mean, there's no one anymore saying, you know what? The reason people pick on Corinne Jean-Pierre is because she's a black lesbian. No one says that because she's terrible. Everyone can see it. So, no, it looks like you're, as you said, unserious. So, no, I don't think you're being ticky-tack. I think part of it isn't even really with her. It's it's more, you know, whenever this happened. Remember, this happened with um, Jen Psaki, too, the former press yes. secretary. And everybody's like, ooh, cookies, oh, homemade, oh. Like, all of these dorks in the White House press briefing yes. room. It drives me nuts, man. I understand. Be serious a little bit. Part of that's from your news background, too, because you knew these people. Yeah, well, and I... I well, and I... I, I never got cookies either, so maybe I'm just bitter. <laughs> Speaking of bitter, before we get to uh, Nimrods, real quick, Robin's missed his day. I couldn't believe this. They put out the highest paid entertainers of 2022. Mm-hmm. Did you see who was number one? No. Genesis, the band. Genesis? Yes. It's shocking, right? That is that because they did they sell their catalog? Did they? Yes. Okay. So that's it. It's not just like people buying a bunch of. Genesis well, records or there's also a farewell tour. I mean, it all goes together. Oh, Two hundred and thirty okay. million dollars. Dang, that's crazy, isn't it? So yeah, was Robin's day. He missed out. All right, let's get to Nimrods. Here we go. When the going gets tough, damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dean. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley Van Camp and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right, Nimrods the news. Well, we got this 21-year-old woman in Indiana, Zephanie Pennywell, arrested. Well, she got into an argument with this 26-year-old dude. Unclear what the fight was over, but they know each other. And Zephanie chased him, grabbed him by the shirt, then grabbed his pants in a, quote, violent manner. Ooh. Police reports said she would not let go and began to pull in a violent manner. Mm-hmm. And they have video of this. She later admitted to police she grabbed him in an attempt to hurt him. And yes. apparently it did. <laughs> yes. A little too rough for Valentine's Day. Charged with battery. And that's Nimrod's in the news.